We are back. Warp and Woof Radio, RadioNext.tv at the Cool Group site. We come to you every Wednesday from 11 to 11.50, interviewing great folks from around Indianapolis, Christians who are doing good. Our whole show is based on Titus 3, 1, 8, and 14. Do good, do good, do good. We're really happy every week to have lots of different folks from around Indy uh, who are believers, who are participating in a beneficial way in their neighborhoods. The Cominius Institute is what sponsors our show. At the Cominius Institute, we cross three bridges. The first bridge is over at IUPUI, helping young Christian college students think Christianly about their disciplines, thinking about all things from a Christian-centered point of view. Then we actually have a community that we're invested in as well, and the community that we invest ourselves in is this radio show. And we've been doing this for four years now, have uh, over 175 episodes, have had over 200 guests. And one of the big things that we're doing is actually bridging cultures. So one of the issues that we're always confronting is whether or not we can actually have conversations with each other about lots of different things and sometimes difficult topics. But the idea, of course, is always about community. The third bridge we cross is into culture. And one of the ways that we do that is in our two-minute videos that we produce every week called Truth and Two. You can go to our website, ComeniusInstitute.org.com, and find any of those. We've got over 50 of them up now uh, coming out on Tuesdays. And then uh, we also have our website, WarpAndWoof.org. That's W-A-R-P-A-N-D-W-O-O-F.org. Those two websites support our work and give people a digital connection, a digital landing point for uh, the kinds of things that we do. You might also be interested in iTunes. So uh, if you go to the iTunes store, you can actually look up our Warp and Woof radio show. Uh, Glad to be invested in that way as well. And of course on Facebook, uh, not only are we doing Facebook Live right now, uh, but we are also going to be archiving uh, the video that we are connected with. We'll link a podcast later on as well. So be watching on my Facebook page uh, for all of those kinds of connections. But today, we have a great honor, a great privilege, really, to introduce you to uh, a pretty new ministry uh, throughout Indianapolis. And uh, we want to uh, avail ourselves of the time with Sally John here today to talk about the kinds of ministry and the kind of the work that she's doing in and through uh, Tabernacle Presbyterian down in the city. Sally, thanks ever so much for joining us today. Thank you for having me. I'm excited to share about Freshman. Well, good. And you have this really cool banner behind you now. Yes, you know. That's brand really new nice. banner. First time we've ever gotten to use it. So. Look at that. And, and it's on our show, you know, first today. That's really great. And is this your first radio interview for this? Yes. Uh, okay. Yep. And have, you know, has uh, Channel 4, 6, or 13 said, hey, we need to Nine. have Sally in? Oh, seriously? You've got to be on TV with all this good stuff going on. Well, we'll see what we can do about pulling strings that way for you. But right now you're on TV, Facebook Live. We're really glad uh, for the opportunity to uh, ask you some questions about the kinds of good things that you're doing. So why don't you give us what we always ask all of our guests, uh, just a little bit of a biographical sketch about yourself and your family. Okay, I'm married and have been married for 41 years. Congratulations. Married my high school sweetheart. Um, we have two amazing young men. They are 38 and 36 now. The 38-year-old is married and has a couple of darling grandchildren, <laughs> six and four. They live in Chicago. Um, he's a computer web designer. 
she does amazing things. We didn't even talk about her, but she's a human rights attorney oh, wow. and works in the area of human rights abuses of wow. corporations in other countries. Okay. And um, then we have a son, another son, who is a musician, um, majored in piano performance and composition all the way to the doctoral level. He lives in Minneapolis with his girlfriend, who's a cellist, and he writes music and composes. Wonderful. And um, I'm a piano teacher as well. Yeah, so, so a musician for a long time. Me. Yeah. Uh -huh. And uh, did you, you also taught, right? Taught music as well? I taught school music, directed choirs at the middle school level, which was quite a challenge <laughs> <laughs> in Washington Township for about 13 years. And I've now always, I teach piano at home. I've always believed that there's a special place in heaven for junior high teachers. Don't yeah. you agree? Yeah. Yeah, that's a whole different ball game going into junior high uh, classrooms. Yes. That's where I cut my teeth. <laughs> I remember those days. Yeah. I mean, you can't go to sleep at night because you don't know what to do with those kids. You yeah. never know how the hormones are going oh. to cause somebody to react to you. Isn't and, that the truth? Yeah. yeah. All kinds of things there. Yeah, but I did love it when I had the energy. Oh, <laughs> absolutely. Te there's nothing else like teaching. It, mm -hmm. It's a whole different ball game than anything else in life. Yeah. Well, let's talk a little bit about uh, your church uh, and how this connection, uh, your ministry, connects to your church. Okay. Um, I go to Tabernacle Presbyterian Church at 34th and Central. I've been there my entire life. My parents were married there. I was you know, born there. I was married there. And we have a long history of caring about are the people who live in our location. Sure. There was a time in the 1960s when we considered moving to the suburbs because that's where the people who went to church were starting to live. Right. You know, so many neighborhoods were built in the mm. 60s and yeah. um, congregants were moving out there, but we made this decision to stay. And tell everybody where the church is located. It's at 34th and Central and it's very I'm sure anybody who's been down there has noticed it. It's huge. We have beautiful stained glass windows. We've got a state-of-the-art football field and an amazing mm -hmm. recreation program. A lot of people have grown up playing ball at tab. And, mm -hmm. um, so we have a long history of, you know, trying to help the people in the neighborhood and um, mm -hmm. just being where we are and seeing that as God's calling for us. That's a marvelous thing to, to consider that uh, this is really generated from the people within the church body itself it's not mm -hmm. staff driven as it were you know and you see other uh, kinds of congregations uh, doing those things mm -hmm. but uh, tell us a little bit about the ministry aspect of this uh, this is a very new endeavor uh, from your vantage point uh, how has that been in its development at tab uh, tell us a little bit about the response and the reaction to this uh, from the congregants in your congregation well um from the things that we're already doing at TAB, we do tutoring, we, oh my, we began the Raphael Health Center, which mm. is located across wow. from us. We were involved in the, the origin of the Oaks Academy wow. and the Neighborhood Legal Clinic. Um, we have always cared about the whole person. Mm -hmm. We are not just telling people the good news about Jesus Christ, which, you know, we care about too, but we care about the whole person and we live in a neighborhood that has low access to good food especially with the closing of the double eights a few years ago okay. we had a double eight right you know a block from our church and people who live in our neighborhood do not have ready access mm. to 
a good grocery store where they can get healthy food. It's mostly having to go to the um, like the quickie mart or whatever, yeah. something like that. And um, I know from my research that I've done that cheap calories are not the calories that are good for you, mostly because our government subsidizes corn and soy. And so you can go get corn and soy products and fill up, but then it makes you sick. Right. Processed food we're talking about. Yes, yeah. processed food. And then we've got an epidemic of childhood diabetes and mm -hmm. heart disease and you know, all kinds of problems with people who can't afford to eat the way I eat. Right. And that's part of, you know, my my drive and passion for this ministry is I think it's important to eat organic. I only eat grass-fed beef. And then I look at someone else who's suffering, they're obese, and, you know, I why can't they eat the way I eat? Mm -hmm. I want to help them be able to have a healthy body. And when we have a healthy body, then as the temple of the Holy Spirit, you know, we are ready to serve God much right. more. Easy. Makes a huge difference. Yeah. You know, your your comments earlier about the gospel, just huge important statement here to make. Let me just take a moment to make that. That the gospel uh, in word without deed is empty. Uh, the gospel has to be demonstrated by works. So when you read passages like Ephesians 2, 8, and 9, which is a classic passage about you're saved by grace through faith, verse 10 often gets left out, which is that you are created in Christ Jesus to do good works, yeah. which you have been created to do. So uh, the fact that you do something with what you believe is, is essential. And we won't even get into the book of James, but that's what the book of James is all about, is actually doing that. Uh, of course, the flip side is, is also problematic. If you only have the deeds without the gospel, then it's really empty as well. That's a whole different kind of discussion. But what we're talking about here and the connections that you've made in this neighborhood in all of these different venues, I'm, I'm thinking now about Oaks. I'm thinking about, uh, the, did you say Raphael, law offices? Oh, yes, legal clinic. Legal yeah. clinic. Uh, you've got you know the medical emphasis there as well, and now you're into the food uh, benefits for people as well. All of these things are marvelous and good, and the whole person is really important when it comes to uh, Christian understanding of shalom. Shalom literally means to be whole or complete. And so when we talk about shalom, we're not just talking about peace or hello means those things too, but we're really interested in the whole person, as you both suggested. So that little bit of theological background, uh, helping everybody to connect with what's actually going on at Tabernacle Presbyterian's really important uh, ideas as well. So you have this really ministry-driven uh, congregation, which is really invested in the community, which is really cool to, to talk about. And just by the way, uh, just a shout out uh, to everybody at, uh, at uh, Tabernacle Presbyterian, especially those of you who are playing in the jazz concerts in the summertime, you know, thank you for that. Um, these things are, you know, marvelous and good, speaking about the whole person. Mm -hmm. So. Uh, let's get back to your concern about diet and the kinds of food you said that you eat. You saw that there was a real problem for other folks who didn't have the same access. So uh, obviously that was some kind of impetus or beginning for you in all of this. Apart from that, though, what actually got it started? What got your organization going? My, oh, <laughs> getting emotional, but anyway, so cool have your kids grow up and become adults 
and start influencing you. There you go. And <clears throat> my oldest son worked for a nonprofit called the Quixote Center, mm. and he had heard about these kinds of things going on, fresh stops in Louisville, Kentucky, and nice. he got excited about it. He has dietary issues um, and has to be very careful about mm. his diet, and I think that probably was helping to drive him too. So he started a fresh stop, a couple of fresh stops in Washington, wow. D.C. I was watching him and just thinking, wow, that would be so cool mm. if we could do something like that here. And I thought about sure. TAP's location. And um, mm. I just really felt there was just a moment in time when I had stopped at a farmer's market. I'm walking out to my car with my beautiful produce that I just bought, looking forward to eating it. And just kind of praying and thinking about, wow, it would be so cool to do this, to do what Jeremy's doing. But I thought, I could never do that. Jeremy was doing it all. You know, and he was paid. I could never do that. I'm an introvert. I can't imagine finding the farmers. I'm not a salesperson. Right. How yeah. would I do this? And right. as I started praying about it, step by step, it just fell together. Mm -hmm. And I could talk more about that. No, Maybe that's good. How well, it came together. Well, let's, let's uh, pause and just mention the issue of inspiration. Mm -hmm. uh, oftentimes, this is the way these things go. You know, somebody else, some other place is doing this kind of work, and uh -huh. we think to ourselves, wow, this would be really cool if we did this. And so we're inspired or kind of compelled by uh, the spirit in different ways, and sometimes by other pe people's spirits. So it's really kind of cool that you have children that have inspired you. And, you know, shout out to all the kids out there. You know, thank you for your inspiration for your mom. You're grateful. Kids, yeah. yeah, that's it. That's uh -huh. important. Yeah. We still call them kids. <laughs> <laughs> That's fine. Yeah. They still are, aren't they? Uh -huh. They always will be. Yeah, so when we talk about the inspiration for this and getting this thing off the ground, let's take that next step. Once you were inspired, as you suggested, to uh, do something like this that you saw elsewhere, uh, what was it that kind of came together uh, that, that made this a possibility? Maybe some of the steps that were involved, if there's somebody else out there that that's listening or watching and going, wow, this would be really cool to do this uh, in our community. What were some of the ways that you got this thing in motion? Well, I was telling Mark earlier that our congregation is really almost lay-run. There are just so much of what happens is comes from the congregation. It's not top-down. And I had been tasked by our associate pastor with trying to see if we could do more small groups. Mm -hmm. And I was working with someone else, and we were meeting, and what ended up happening is he and I each started a small group as we were talking about what we wanted to do, and his small group went on a mission trip, and then my small group became Fresh Stop. So we were going into wow. Lent, and we gave other people opportunities to start some small groups that would just meet during Lent. Mm -hmm. And I had educational materials from my son who had used, had taught a class at church, sure. and I thought, I'll just start a class and see yeah. if there's any interest. And he said, I needed 10 volunteers, and we just kept meeting. We read books together. We studied scripture. We watched YouTube videos. We learned a lot. Nice. And in the end, we had all our bases covered. You know, we had all these 10 kind of jobs that had mm -hmm. to be done the fresh stop to happen and mm. so we went forward and kind of did a pilot we talked to our session about it and they were behind us and mm. that was our first season we were off and running and that was mm. 2013 so we're 2013. actually starting our seventh season wow. now yeah that's uh -huh. really cool yeah. just so so everybody knows by the way <clears throat> sally just used the word session 
and uh, and for Presbyterians, that just simply means a kind of like a leadership council or a leadership team or the group of elders, for, for right. instance, uh, something to this effect, uh, depending on which kind of Presbyterian you are and which church you're invested with. It's well, the ruling body. It's the ruling so body. So like, unlike other churches, it's not the pastors who rule yeah. the church. <laughs> and, and that's really important for everybody to understand. Yeah. And it, going back to your uh, driven by the congregants is really cool. I just think it's really important to say to everybody out loud um, that what you just heard, heard Sally explain is really important to remember when you're starting a nonprofit. And let's just use the one word. It's called preparation. So you can't just jump into stuff and say, oh, I see a need. Why is it so important to be prepared? If you, if somebody said to you, well, I can just go to the farmer and I can do all of these things, what would yeah. you say the importance of benefit, uh, preparation might be? Um, well, okay, you, a person, could go to farmers, but part of the preparation, too, was as we get into what Fresh Stop is, mm -hmm. you have to have people who will buy your produce. Yes. And um, the Fresh Stops in Louisville began as grassroots level type of a grassroots level program, so it was begun by the people who are buying the lower shares, the mm -hmm. lower priced shares. Ours was begun by the people who were buying the higher priced shares. So we had, in the beginning, once we got going, we needed to reach out and find the people who could benefit because that's what we're all about. Right. We're not just a buying program for people who could go to Earth Fair and buy organic produce right. if they wanted. And Earth Fair is what? I don't even know what Earth Fair is. <laughs> it's a store in Carmel that has a, um, it has a mission. They only carry organic produce. Oh. Well, there you go. I just learned something new, everybody. I, I now know what Earth Fair is. Yeah. Uh, these these are important distinctions to make, and ones I think that everybody will benefit from because they're they're going to listen to this program and say, okay, I need to do this. I need to do this. I, and one of the things is you need to know who you, who you're going to be serving in your community. Yeah. That would be kind of like important, you know, it would seem. Um, yeah. And getting everybody on the same page. You were talking about reading books together and watching YouTube mm -hmm. and, and actually having a small group team. Uh, you said that you needed 10 volunteers. So what are some of the things that these volunteers are invested with every week or every month when you do this? I'll go kind of chronologically. Go ahead. So it starts, I guess I'm the first volunteer that does anything. The um, we, have, we have fresh stops twice a month, and we're just beginning our very first one this Saturday. They occur on Saturday mornings between 10 and 11. Mm -hmm. So my son created our platform, our, our website, where you nice. can order and you can pay and you can figure out how much you're supposed to pay. And so once people have paid, I get a spreadsheet of who has paid and how much they've paid. But we're also collecting money from people who just drop by the church and give them a check or hand me cash. Mm -hmm. Or if they're paying with their SNAP card, I have to get with them because I have to run it through my phone. You cannot use a SNAP card online. Um, so once I've got all the shares and I know we've got 50 people who want produce this time and we have $700. So then I text that to Chad on Monday morning because it's Saturday, Sunday night midnight is when you have to have ordered by. That's the deadline. Okay. Chad, Lynn is our farmer liaison. He knows our farmers. We work only now at this point with farmers who go to the Broderful Farmers Market. 
So okay. he starts talking to them. What do you have? We have what do you say, 60, 50, 60 shares, and um, you know, and starts doing the math and figuring out what he can get. He knows what's a good price. They try to give us a good price because we buy in bulk and they care about our mission. Sure. And so he gets all that ordered, and then I get an email, and a few other people get an email. The church secretary has to write, or the bookkeeper has to write checks to the farmers based on the amount. And then um, I usually let the people who have bought shares know what's going to be in that share so that when they come Saturday morning, they're prepared. Everybody gets the exact same thing. Okay. And um, so then, let's see, chronologically keeping on going. So then Heath creates a newsletter mm -hmm. that we hand out. And the newsletter lists out what the produce was, sometimes tells about our farmers. We always have several recipes, especially for things like beets or kohlrabi, things that people might be a little worried about. Like, I don't know what to do with a turnip, you know. Um, and we have people who come and they'll say, oh, I'm not going to take the turnips. I don't like the turnips. And we always say, please just take them. Give it a try. So um, he's creating the newsletter. I also let our chef know we've got a chef who comes and does a, a demonstration. <laughs> yeah. That's cool. So, and right now we're using the, um, the guy who's awesome. His name is James Bryant, and he works for our church and does all of our cooking for the church and does other things, and we pay him extra to the, do the Saturday morning thing. Mm -hmm. So um, so he's prepared because he gets a share, and he's going to show us what to do with it. And then when everybody – so then Larissa and her gang come on Saturday morning at 8 o'clock. They use the church van. They go to Broderpool Farmer's Market. They pick everything up. She's got a husband and a friend who help her, sometimes her kids. And then they show up at TAB with the van at 9 o'clock. Then we have to cart all the vegetables in, and we lay them out on the tables, and so that's more helpers and volunteers. And then we have signs. I have somebody who creates the signs each week and say, take a pound of tomatoes, take a bunch, one bunch of carrots, take two zucchini. So we've got the signs, and then when people come with their own bags at 10 o'clock, between 10 and 11, we've got somebody, Yolanda, who checks them out, you know, checks them off. Everybody has paid ahead of time. And then they go through, and sometimes there's somebody who will help them if they've never come before. And they get all their vegetables, and they hang out. We've got coffee. We eat the samples that James is making. We hang out in the kitchen. Tab has a really, like, just several years old kind of teaching kitchen. And um, it's just fun to talk and understand what to do with the vegetables. Um, let's see what else happens. Then we have to clean up. We also, 1045, we usually call the people who haven't shown up just to give them an opportunity if they forgot, even though I sent them a reminder email. Um, and then we start cleaning up, and we usually have stuff left over, mm. which James takes. And we have a soup kitchen at Tab, and he incorporates those things okay. into what he's feeding people during the week. Wow. This is just fantastic stuff. We need to take a break, uh, one song break, but when we come back, we're going to continue this discussion about this really cool ministry going on at Tabernacle Presbyterian with Sally John. We're really grateful for uh, her good work and all of the folks that are helping uh, in this particular ministry. And just notice, by the way, everybody, especially if you're Facebook Live, uh, we have a great banner uh, behind Sally. That's exactly uh, what this is all about. Uh, make sure that you take... Uh, yeah, take a good uh, look at this and the opportunities uh, that might be even available in your own neighborhood to do these kinds of things. I'm especially looking forward, by the way, when we come back after break, 
to talk a little bit more about the chef because this is just really a cool thing that you have a teaching kitchen. You're listening to Warp and Woof Radio, RadioNext.tv, it's a cool groove site. We're going to take a one-song break. We'll be right back. Facebook Live, we're still here. Thanks ever so much. I let everybody know, especially our guests, that we're still on live so that nobody does, you know. So uh, this is really fascinating. I mean, this is really cool stuff. And, you know, people are getting good word here today. Man, I am looking so giddy. Uh, yeah, you're getting excited no, over there, aren't because, you? Because he'll tell you, I do initiatives like this about promoting food deserts in the city. Oh, yeah, yeah. Mount Carmel Church. But uh, more importantly, Tabernacle is where I played my first Little League football game. I thought I saw Packers, yeah. Tom yeah. Klein, Smith, and all those guys. Aww. I mean, just all those things, yeah. those memories when I was seven years old. You were talking about Tab, but they've been doing this forever. Yeah. They've been doing this in that community forever. Mm -hmm. So I, you know, I work with JT and a lot of the youth programs. James Turner, over at Tab, uh -huh. he does a lot of the youth programs over there, football, basketball coaching. We brought him up coaching him, and now he's doing the same thing that me and my guys were doing because uh, Jerry yeah. Dingle and I used to coach at Tab for mm -hmm. probably eight to ten years <laughs> back in the, yeah. you know. Yeah. So you know, it's just like listening and saying, "Man, Tab has been doing this for years." You know, making sure yeah. that community stays tight. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, just phenomenal. So thank yeah. you. Yeah. Really. Yeah. We keep improving. Have you seen the the new football oh, field? Absolutely. Maybe that's five years old by now. Absolutely. That's pretty cool, uh, Terry Bland uh, had a lot to do with you know getting that field yeah. up there, and uh, uh -huh. yeah, used to play with the Colts. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And, uh, yeah, I remember that whole development issue, and I just said, man, that keep tab is, I mean, really, because that neighborhood easily, like you were mentioning earlier, easily walk away from, you know, the responsibility of their stakeholders, man, because that, that area needs double eights, all those double eights closed mm -hmm. down, and you're talking about, you're talking about people have taken eight, six miles, man, to the next closest grocery mm -hmm. store. Yeah, and you yeah. don't always have a car yeah, you, to get there. And most of those residents are low-income seniors who don't have vehicles, all that mm -hmm. stuff. And we start talking about that dynamic trickling down. Um, yeah, it matters. Uh, childhood obesity and all that is, I mean, it's all related. Like you say, we've got, we've got the Marathon gas stations now serving as the grocery stores yeah. for families. Mm -hmm. And that's, you know, that's not a good thing. No, because you can't hurt if you're not you're not sharp. You're yeah. in school. You're, you're not, not eating the right stuff. That's a whole disorder too. Yeah. Right. Exactly. Don't, don't make for a right. good day at school. Yeah. And like I said, you look at Cheetos and Mountain Dew, mostly corn. Yeah. You know. Yeah. And that's why they're cheap calories. You can Diabetes, high cholesterol, all yes. tied in that one ball. So yeah. Uh, Mount Carmel, uh, they we did an initiative with them last year. We did four live remotes. Um, they had from the planning. To the first yield, to the second yield, and then the last one, they had a cook-off where people were barbecuing and putting squash on the grill. I mean, it was yeah. phenomenal. Yeah, so uh, I participated yeah. in that last year. We had a great time just introducing people to fresh fruits yeah. and vegetables and whole foods, yeah. healthy, you know, because most people, and this guy will do a zucchini on the grill. Uh huh. Kids weren't used to yeah, it, man. We, they were we like, the yeah, they were too. like, yeah. It was like, yeah. They were getting into some zucchini after they came off the grill. Oh, yeah. man. It was yeah. Phenomenal. I have a story about beets on the grill. And I also, I don't know if I talked to you about the meat that we bring in. No. The let's meat, talk about beets and meat. Yeah, let's talk about beets and meat. What's the name of the guy? Um. Oh. 
because he. I mean, it's he not. I know his, the guy that wrote the books. I read the books. Yeah, too. and I mean, he would bring his grass-fed beef mm -hmm. and, and and you know uh, grass-fed uh, all the foods that he would bring. There would be mm -hmm. no preservatives. It would all be. Is this Michael Pollan we're talking about? It's not, but we've read a lot same, of books. Same, same, we read books same, by yeah. him. Yeah, in our class. Can you get a quick mm -hmm. picture of the two of us here? Yeah, I already have one out here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's good too. Good. I mean, kind of. <laughs> you know, I know you have to be the, uh, you know, Mr. Michael Douglas. So. That's good. Let me uh, see okay. if Sally B likes this because you know we have to make sure the ladies are happy. So. I know. You're right. I look a little fuzzy, don't I? Yeah. Are you? I uh, look okay, but. No, it's up to you. It's up to you. There we go. Okay, let's see if this is better. There you go. Yeah, that's good. That's right. fine. Mm -hmm. How do you feel about how the way you look? <laughs> I never look. I never look. He teases me about being the good looking one, you know, yeah. we call each other twin because we think. And I always say he's the pretty one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, look at it. Look at yeah. that. Give me a break. <laughs> <laughs> oh, she's my guy. Yeah, man. Four years. Get to know somebody after that length of time. Mm -hmm. Oh, just by the way of saying this, uh, we always say to people, hey, if you think of somebody else needs to be on the show. Uh -huh. Just give me a shout out. Shoot me an email. My daughter-in-law would be so awesome. She lives in Chicago. I don't yeah. know if you and want then, to uh, this travels, out, but... This travels, so if you and uh, the Fresh Stop produce, like I told you when I was doing Mount Carmel, wanted to come and do a live remote and talk to some of the people you're benefiting. And he all will that. do stuff like that. So, oh. yeah. yeah, that would be really cool for you. Yeah. And a good publicity as well. Mm -hmm. So, um, so just keep that in mind throughout the yeah. summer because it's a good rallying point. Yeah, a, to come and see it is yeah. a lot different than talking. If you are, if you are kids, come down from Chicago. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, let me know. Yeah. They can go to Wednesday or something. Yeah. So Wednesday, Wednesday is the thing. But you know, if something else happens, or can get her on the even remote. Katie Westmoreland says she's got to go, but she's going to do some research about this type of thing. She is something else. That She's out in California. And we are back. Warp and Move Radio, Radio TV at the Cool Groove site. Every Wednesday, we come to you from 11 to 11.50, interviewing great folks, in, uh, believers, Christians from around Indianapolis who are doing good, Titus 3, 1, 8, and 14. Uh, this week, we're blessed to have Sally John here with us from Tab Presbyterian, doing some really cool stuff. For those of you on Facebook Live, just take a look at this really cool setup here. The Fresh Stop Produce. This is just a really nice stand-up. Uh, you need to become familiar with what's going on down there. And the, the emphasis that Sally was giving us here in the first segment of the show was on the wholeness of the person, the importance of uh, serving the whole of the person. So Tab Presbyterian's been invested in sports. They've been invested in the medical field. They've been invested in law. All kinds of great things going on down there in the city on 30th and Central. So thank you ever so much again for being here. And uh, I want to just to say, give a shout out, by the way, to this whole bit about having a teaching kitchen and a chef, a chef. I'm, I, I want to come down and learn how to cook a turnip. I mean, seriously, I, yeah. we do all kinds of stuff on the grill, but I've never done turnips. Anyway, this is really cool. You said that you were really excited to tell us about beets and meats. So I'm, <laughs> I just want to give this right over okay. to you and tell us about some of those stories you want to tell us. Okay. So
so probably two years ago, there were people going through picking up their shares and like usually happens, somebody said to me, I don't eat beets. I'm not going to take the beets. And I said, oh, just take them. You'll, you know, maybe you can give them away, but take your beets, you know, and we're going to show you what to do with them. There's a recipe or two in the newsletter. So she took the beets and that time, I never knew that beets genetically modified to resist Roundup, and yet we put it in our bodies, and we're supposed to digest it, and our bodies are supposed to feel good about this thing that, you know, can resist Roundup, and um, and that's what, you know, if you go buy regular old beef at the store, that's what they've been eating is this corn, so that's basically what they're made out of, and anyway, so I thought, wouldn't it be nice if we could have beef for our people, and yeah. my son Jeremy is really good at, he knows how to use the whole cow. You know, he was really into bone broth and Whoa, organ, bone broth. <laughs> organ meats and, oh, you know, man. all of this stuff. So originally our vision was, let's get a whole cow from the Fresh Stop community and we'll all learn how to work with it. That didn't work out. And But we what we have done is we just kind of zeroed in on grass-fed hamburger, which tends to be 90 to 95% lean stew meat which the people love and you have to cook it for a long time because mm. grass-fed beef is tough okay. it's not created the cows are not chained up so that they become fat and tender they walk around and they develop muscles and that's you know part of the difference so but the stew meat you just cook it for a long time in the stew it's so delicious so while i'm talking about grass-fed meat i had quit eating beef i don't know i just kind of was saying Ugh, i just don't like the way beef Taste. And I didn't realize it had changed. I would eat chicken and fish, but I had a grass-fed hamburger and I thought, oh, this is like what we used to eat. This is so good. This is why I used to like hamburgers and I don't like them anymore. They taste yucky now. So anyway, um, so my son Jeremy actually is the one that found this um, 
facility in Colfax, Indiana called This Old Farm. <laughs> and we buy the hamburger, we buy stew meat, and we also buy bones. A lot of our fresh stock people have gotten into the bone broth thing. Bone broth again, you heard it here first. Go ahead. <laughs> <And> so, <laughs> so then we sell them. But the problem is, even when I buy it in bulk, it's still the hamburger and stew meat is still $6.40 a pound. Mm. If you're lower income, you're not going to pay that much. Exactly. Yeah. So I have gotten, um, I've had people who wanted to invest in my ministry, and um, so I use that money to subsidize the beef. Nice. So we sell it at two different price levels, just like we sell the produce. Mm -hmm. If you're higher income, you pay $6, so it's still a good price. Um, I've seen grass-fed beef for ten for $9.99 okay. a pound. I've seen it wow. for $7.99 typically. So they, if you're higher income, you pay $6. If you're lower income, you pay $3 a pound for the hamburger or the stew meat or $3 for two pounds of bones. Bones so, again. Yeah, so we have made, you know, so we have that frozen, vacuum-sealed, and we sell it from a cooler mm -hmm. separate from okay. the produce. Right. And people just pay whatever you're paying for the produce. That's your level that you pay for the meat. Sure. Three dollars a pound for hamburger is really a decent price. I mean, it's about as good as you're ever going to get. So that's really a nice price. Um, again, though, it's nice to hear about people subsidizing the ministry in this mm -hmm. way that, that they've come alongside you and said, "Here's here's this uh, contribution. We want you to use it for this," and that that really is so beneficial. So this is a very different approach. Um, there are a lot of different kinds of ministries in and around Indianapolis, much less the United States, that do a pantry approach to right. uh, fooding uh, for other people. And there's nothing, by the way, when we talk about distinctiveness between uh, the kinds of ministries people have, we're not disparaging one or elevating the other. We're just saying here, here are the distinctives. Tell us about the distinctives from your vantage point in terms of fresh stock produce obviously beyond the fact that it's fresh and, you know, you do this for a few months out of the year. Um, give us some distinctiveness there uh, for your particular ministry. Okay, well, for one, we're not giving away anything. Um, you have to pay. And um, I, another way that it's subsidized now is we the $6. So if you have, this, oh, you can't see it on my yeah, you can at the very top corner there. There you go. Whoa. Snap benefits. <laughs> yeah, snap benefits. Go. If you have a snap card, we originally were part of the Fresh Bucks program, which was a government program where I would send them a form and tell them how many people mm -hmm. paid with their snap card, and that's why they could pay $6, because then I would get reimbursed six more. So I was still getting $12 a share, even though people with snap paid with the snap cards were getting it for $6 a mm -hmm. share, which is just amazing. But that government program shut down at the beginning of last season, a year ago, June. They suggested I try to get some donations to continue it, and I realized they had only given me about $350, you know, to do this. If And then last year, though, we got a lot more people paying with their SNAP cards, so it ended up being more like $700. But again, I just got people to donate, mm -hmm. and we kept that going so that people can still pay with their SNAP card. So back to your question, um, so people are paying. Um, another thing is when you take home your fresh stock produce, it's not, you're not just gonna like put it on the table. It's not a can of beans. It's not, you know, macaroni and cheese in a box. It's not pre-made food. Right. 
So you have to know what to do with it. And a lot of people, especially nowadays, feel insecure about, like, I don't know what to do with yeah. butternut squash, you but, know? But come back to the, the idea that you have a chef yeah. that's actually showing people what to do. That's really cool. And we tend, we always wanted to make sure to use the unusual things, mm -hmm. but then people get to taste it. Mm -hmm. They get to see what is involved. And um, another thing that we do that has been helping people that I've used some of this extra money that I've gotten for is we have a giveaway at each fresh stop. So I've gotten things like spiralizers, knife sets, cutting boards, things that you need, you yeah. know, to to work with this produce sure. and we'll just have a drawing and we'll give it away mm, nice. and I usually give away something that's about like a $50 item um, and so that helps people because you in order to work with the produce you kind of have to have a refrigerator you have to have knives, a stove, a stove. Yeah. yeah you have to have time and sort of the wherewithal and the confidence right. and to the, work coming with back the to the confidence issue is huge we're trying to help people have confidence, right. you know, when they when they pick up their yeah. produce. But you know, our parents knew what to do with mm -hmm. something that came straight from the garden or straight right. from the farm. But you know, us and our kids, our adult kids, we're just we weren't raised mm -hmm. like that as much. You know, I gave my kids pop tarts for breakfast <laughs> when they were growing up and cereal. You know, and we'll give you a pass on all that stuff. It's yeah. okay. We we get the full point of that. And, and specifically, you know, you. You have been taught, we all have been taught in one way or another about the kinds of things that we eat or don't eat. And it really does take an education, which, you know, sure seems like that's exactly what you're doing. You're giving a community an education on food. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and this is not just for the people who are buying the 6 and $12 shares. Yeah. You know, the people who are paying $25 a share also yeah. don't know what to do and also need to be eating a more healthy diet. We all do. It's, it's one of the, I'm just going to give a shout out to all the radio stations uh, and also all the TV stations, 4, 6, 13. Y'all need to uh, do something with this ministry here downtown and help them out. Get Give them a shout out. Bring your trucks down there. Do a, do a promo for these folks because the kinds of things that are happening in this place where you're teaching people how to actually cook. Man, this is huge. You know, the educational issue about food, uh, we often just bypass it, don't even think about it. Mm -hmm. Yeah, this is a, a very significant uh, process that you're invested in. From your vantage point, uh, where do you see the future going with Fresh Stop? It would be awesome to have more Fresh Stops located throughout our city. The, the Kepper Institute, KI, I think 20-something, and Boulevard. Okay. They have something. It's not called a Fresh Stop, but I helped them get going, and it's very, very similar. Mm -hmm. And um, it would be awesome to see, you know, strategic locations of this kind of thing. Last time I checked in Louisville, they had 10 locations. Wow. They were working through churches, through different kinds of organizations. Each location was giving away or not selling about 60 shares each per time so when you think about what was what's going on there they are really changing the way people feed themselves yeah. and the way they buy their produce because people are so digitally oriented uh, tell us the name of your website where everybody can go to find you it's www.freshstop.org slash tap okay. so f-r-e-s-h 
That's T-O-P dot org slash tab. Okay. T-A-B. And tab, of course, from Tabernacle Presbyterian down in the city. Uh, these kinds of things are, are necessary. And, uh, and immediately, I, I, I'm thinking about the word discipleship. So when you said, for instance, that uh, it would be really cool in the future to see more of these kind of grow, Honestly, I, I see this as a discipleship ministry. You're discipling other Christians, perhaps other churches, to say the whole person matters, and here's one of the ways you can invest in your community, and one of the ways that you can make the gospel attractive. Titus two ten is to actually do good for people so that they see this, and then they realize, wow, Christians are doing this. This must be really important and good. Um, the opportunities that you have for discipleship into the future. Do you have other groups that are interested in this? I mean, do you have people stopping by saying, hey, give us some pointers, you know, that kind of thing? I have had people tell me, oh, I would love to do this at my whatever. Mm -hmm. And I'll say, contact me through email, and they haven't. I had Jeremy, my son, and I had the opportunity to present this at Presbytery, which is a mm -hmm. district-wide meeting of pastors and we had a number of people sign, you know, up and say we want to find out how to how to do this at our church, but none of it went anywhere. I had it takes someone like me or Jeremy, yep. I think, a point person who wants to really invest time and effort and find volunteers and do all of the prep work. It's not just something you can just like go yeah do. So this kind of brings us back full circle to how we started the show, which was about inspiration. So there has to be somebody, and I don't feel bad don't, about you know somebody like you. It's absolutely true. You've been inspired to do this. The Spirit of God has invested you with this devotion and direction, and so you're taking this thing, and you're going to run with it, and people need to recognize it takes work to do this. Yeah, and our program can only, go, can only grow so big. Sure. We usually sell about 50 to 60 shares. One time, year before last, we sold 80 shares. That was really our limit, you know, with the van and the people and setting it up. And so we cannot grow. There is a limit to how far we can grow. If you were going to, we've got about three minutes left. If you, if you have just 30 seconds to tell people one thing that you want them to walk away with from this show about, 30 seconds to tell them. Anything you want to say about Fresh Thought, what would you tell them? <laughs> um, I would love we I would love for more people to buy shares and come and, and get produce. And if you go to our website, it's very easy to sign up for shares and to start incorporating this into your life. There is nothing well, there maybe is, but more exciting than coming home with a big bag of fresh produce and thinking, how am I going to take care of my family? And knowing how to do it, because you've got a chef. Yeah. And a teaching kitchen. And bone broth. Oh, bone broth. One more time for yeah. bone broth. Oh, my word. I don't I don't know if I'm ever going to do that. But nonetheless, thank you for introducing <laughs> us to it. Uh, this has really been a fantastic program and a great show. We're really grateful for your time, and specifically for your ministry for all these years uh, that you've given to this uh, down at Tabernacle Presbyterian. Thank you so much for doing good in the community as a Christian. You've been listening to Warp and Woof Radio, RadioNext.tv at the Cool Group site. We come to you every Wednesday from 11 to 11.50. Looking forward to next week, we have another special guest coming in. Always grateful for folks in and around Indianapolis who let us know about people we should have on our show. Always grateful to share the microphone with Christians who are doing good throughout Indianapolis. 
We're grateful for your time today. Go to check us out at cominiusinstitute.org.com, warpandwoof.org. Uh, that's W-A-R-P-A-N-D-W-O-O-F.org. Or go to the iTunes store, look up Warp and Woof Radio and find us there. You'll find all of our episodes that we've been uh, connecting uh, to folks in and around Indianapolis, all of these kinds of good ministries that are happening. Uh, you can find out all kinds of uh, special investigative uh, ideas that, that will inspire you there, just as Sally John has done with us today. Thanks ever so much for being here. We'll see you again next week.